feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Roybeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Here comes the boom, Matt. Ready boom, or not. Here comes the boom. Ready. Have you had that stuck in your head? Because I have. Yes. And I don't. That How has, do you like me now? It has nothing to do with this movie other than the title being uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. But Which is also just um, disappointing because I would like to see a film POD adaptation. musical. <laughs> musical based on the album satellite click click, click boom baby uh no today we are reviewing lin-manuel miranda's tick tick boom starring andrew garfield alexandra ship uh vanessa hudgens uh, judith light joshua henry uh and more robin de jesus um, robin de jesus yes good that's yep. the one uh, lead cast member i was missing thank you eric yep. um and more uh eric I tweeted out something um, the other day where I was like, I am sick of Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's everywhere, Matt. Um, And that's a a bunch of different things where it's like, I love Hamilton. Uh, I put it on my best films of the year last year, even though it was just a, you know, video recording of the stage show. Um, I think it is a phenomenal musical. Um, And, you know, I knew of Lin-Manuel Miranda from Moana as well as uh, there was another Disney thing. I think he was involved in as well. Animated. Well, he's also doing the, the script for, or the, the music for uh, little mermaid. I he believe. is, but I yeah. mean, that's coming up, but I mean, before H- Hamilton, I knew from uh, uh, Moana and I guess Mary Poppins returns before I saw um uh hamilton and then this year you know it seems like he's the only person who can write musicals as they have him uh they adapted his first musical in the heights which everyone knows my thoughts on if you uh listen to the show i did not like it uh vivo uh another kind of um just i'm like why this is just the same thing but animated in a monkey and like it's just not great which he voices Um, which he voices, and then Encanto, which we we will have a review out uh, very soon for. But um, that tweet sparked from Encanto, where I was like, I don't know if I need more. I'm all Lin Manuel Miranda out. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I just he's just overexposed. Um, and, overexposed and that's not necessarily and his fault. No, with the God, get that taking the get jobs. the money, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, I understand exactly. But. It's more so Hollywood not being original, just or latching sort of on to reach, one person. Yeah, not reaching out to other people. It's like okay. You're going to be the musical guy for the next, like, you know, four to five years and everything that has to do with, uh, you know, musical based adaptations until we get sick of you. (laughs) I'll take him any day over the week over James Corden. Um, I I agree. I I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think he he seems like a super nice kind of down to earth guy. I just think and his sound is so specific that. I think it can become tiresome very easily, at least to me personally, where, um, you know, the spoken, you know, rap musical parts of his stuff. And I mean, he can play in many different genres of the musical, but, you know, the Hamilton thing is what, you know, made him who he is. And that's what people want when they hire him for music, right? For the most part. Um, So you get a lot of that in Vivo. You get a lot of that in Encanto. I mean, in the Heights, obviously, because that was his first musical is a lot of that as well. Um, So that's a long lead up to 
leading into tick tick boom i'm like oh my god we watched Encanto like three days ago i'm like i don't know if i need more lin-manuel miranda this being his directorial debut i don't know much about jonathan larson other than i knew he he was the creator of rent which i have never seen um so i other have than in the the simpsons sure that, yes. that episode where homer stars uh, in rent where he's the landlord yeah you need <laughs> yeah. to pay the rent yeah that's good um that being said, I didn't know much about Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, other than I did not even know it was based off of one of Jonathan Larson's like earlier uh, works and, and and things like that, like a one night only show, I believe he put on, which then was, you know, uh, turned into a stage show after his um, uh, unfortunate passing. But uh, that being said, um, I'm excited to talk about this because um, I had no idea what to expect going in. I kind of expected, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it so it's probably going to sound like everything else he's done uh and well, i was very very wrong there's also another strike against this movie going into it is that stephen levinson adapted it and stephen yeah. levinson is also responsible for dear evan hansen sure so sure. it's like okay you you have someone who right now is you know in the sort of hollywood overexposed circle like you you also include people like i mean we talked about it with red notice you know gal gadot and ryan reynolds and dwayne johnson it's just like okay hollywood doesn't really have any creativity when it comes to finding you know talent beyond you know the 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 archetype the handful and, and, of people yeah yeah and lin-manuel miranda is one of those guys and then and then you have brian grazer and ron howard's name on yeah well. with imagine entertainment <laughs> so you're thinking oh no oh no yeah um and, and, and yeah and 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 i think this will be one of the the things we will also discuss as well Matt, you maybe know a little bit more about musical theater than I do, just because, you know, you have a sister who's very much entrenched in it. Sure, and, and, yeah. And it's very much her passion, where, you know, like outside of a couple things here and there, um, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber and things like that. Um, Sondheim, you know, who's. Yeah, Bradley, yeah. I mean, Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah, who's actually very good in, yeah. in, in, in the cameo role that he has, um, is something that is kind of it's 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 a different world altogether but you can also look at it from the point of view of like okay well it's not too dissimilar from like setting it in hollywood you know and and and, sure. and sort of looking at it behind the scenes of you know making it in you know the film industry it's just the difference here there's is some parallels there for sure it's broadway and broadway is almost seems as a tougher kind of thing to get into especially for someone like jonathan larson where he is a very creative individual. He is kind of quick to come up with sort of rhymes and sort of jingles that can, you know, turn into something more with, with, you know, storytelling and, and structure and things like that. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't matter because there's so many creative people that are coming to New York uh, at any time, but a given, especially in the early nineties um, where he's struggling to, break through but also make ends meet and he's working at this diner um and jonathan larson um the rent playwright is played here by andrew garfield who uh gives one of the most heartfelt and sometimes heartbreaking performances and i think it has a lot to say and this is where i think it really is um universal is that you know you have somebody that is struggling to kind of get in there get their foot in the door but at the same time it's kind of 
telling you that you shouldn't put all of your eggs in one basket and that, you know, you need to continually be working on multiple things in order to kind of pitch to other producers and workshop and things like that. But on top of it, you know, you, you might be this genius, this boy genius as he's dubbed because uh, it takes place. The framing device is that he takes, he's turning 30 in about a week and that he's also performing his play tick tick boom and the the structure of that is very similar to um the movie lenny about lenny bruce the comedian directed by bob fossey who's obviously a very big influence on lin-manuel miranda who played uh, roy scheider in the uh fossey verdon um fx series which was about the making of all that jazz so you you have this kind of framing device of him (laughs) telling his story on stage um adapting his play of tick tick boom which this movie is also an adaptation of tick tick boom um so there's this weird kind of meta thing going on um but again like it doesn't let him off the hook for being a boy genius and like you know he's not a horrible person but he is maybe somewhat um, absent-minded when it comes to the people around him. Cause he's also, so focused on himself and his yes, career. Right. And what's yeah. going on around him because yeah. this takes place in 1990. He's about to turn 30, but it's also, you know, the backdrop of the AIDS crisis specifically in New York. So there's a certain connotation that comes with that. Uh, mm-hmm. His friendship with Robin DeJesus, who mm-hmm. is a uh, former actor now working as an ad executive. Um, his girlfriend uh, played by Alexander uh, Ship. Ship, probably yeah. best known for the uh the more recent x-men movies playing storm um she is a uh was was a once promising dancer who um had an unfortunate injury and now has recovered but can't kind of get back to the glory days so she's deciding whether or not to take a job in the berkshires and he doesn't really want to go and he's kind of kind of putting off you know, having that talk with her and being selfish about it as well. And on top of all that, you know, he's basically living just about or just above poverty as Mm -hmm. sort of the story unfolds. Mm -hmm. Um, I was shocked at how much I loved this. Like I, I really, really do um, love this movie. And um, so that kind of goes back to comes full circle of I'm not Lin-Manuel Miranda out, I guess. And I actually think he has a promising future as a director. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of what you were just saying, like um, I, I think the the story to me was incredibly relatable, not knowing much about Jonathan Larson, but just the kind of, you know, being a creative and, and following your your dreams and, and never kind of giving up, but then also not being too precious over your work and trying to kind of do it in a smart way instead of investing, you know, eight years into one project and, and things like that. But then how... You should never give up if it's something that you really love and you really want to do. Um, there might be a better way for you to do it or for you to still focus on the people around you or on other projects and things like that. But, you know, to never give up on your dreams. And I just thought the framing device, what you said, I think a lot of conversations we have about movie musicals uh, when they're adapted from a stage show is that it just never translates properly i mean dear evan hansen perfect example um but many other ones where we've had this really interesting conversation with a lot of people both that love musicals and 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 uh, you know live musicals and, and movie musicals and um but there's always to me a disconnect when it's adapted to screen when you take away that kind of 
uh, window of sitting in an audience and seeing it performed live. Um, I feel like when it's translated to screen and it's usually a direct adaptation, it either comes across as incredibly corny or when you try to set it in the real world, when someone just breaks out into song, um, there's just this kind of thing that, at least in my head, just this this warped kind of disconnect where I'm just like, this just doesn't work. But then the best ones are either adapted directly for the screen, like they are original musicals for film. Uh, so they're thought uh, as those as a movie first and then a musical. Um, and then this does a really interesting thing with that um, framing device that I think works in its favor of that. This was an originally a one man show, right? And then that's kind of what, how the movie uses that framing device. And then it was eventually, I think into a three person show and, and things like that. So I really think it's smart to have the framing device of him performing this musical tick, tick, boom, um, kind of, not just a one man show, but he has some backup singers, which play into the kind of narrative that we get. And then you're getting the bits and pieces of his life that he's telling in this stage show. And we're seeing it in a cinematic format. So you can kind of take those liberties of like what he's doing on stage is the real life kind of thing. And then the, the version we're seeing is him telling that story on stage and performing it, but we're seeing what was in his mind or the little heightened version. And then, that framing device just helps immensely of buying into it. And I think the movie is also really smart. And you go back to the boy genius stuff and him writing this and him, you know, after the failure of his first musical, and this is kind of what he follows up on. And it's always write what you know, or write about your life. I think it, it is wonderful because um, I think it's like satirical and both, playful but like you said very emotional and very human as well like i think the music itself why i really loved it is that uh much like even book of mormon and other musicals that i've really liked that i've seen is like it takes the musical theater kind of genre and kind of doesn't deconstruct it but is playful with it in the sense where it uses different styles or uh different styles of musicals and different things like that and it's kind of poking fun at itself and poking fun at musicals but it is still very much a love letter to musicals of and how this this guy really really loves them and understands them and i think uh each song kind of sounds different than the last one and it keeps up this energy uh throughout the whole movie that i just really really bought into and every song and even if it would start one way where i'm like oh this is kind of weird or getting into that corny kind of weird musical theater territory that i don't like it would win me over by the end like whether it's them talking about you know the apartment that they they both live into and i'm like oh this is kind of bad and then i'm like oh wait no i totally bought into this by the end and then the sunday brunch song which is your more classical broadway kind of thing what it's about these more with a morons. ton of broadway yeah. actors yeah right? there's a ton of cameos and that is that just scene. making fun of those style of songs in a broadway musical but just talking about sunday brunch at this diner and how everyone's an asshole and like um and it's kind of that throughout where you know you see some a little bit of like i've heard music from rent so you see the influence like the beginnings of that there um of the rock musical but you could just see how talented talented as he was and ironically not all of his stuff sounded exactly the same and um yeah and then i just really connected with it being you know we're you know just past 30 right and you know i've been very open about struggling of uh weirdly i worked in advertising and fucking hated it <laughs> and like so that whole sequence of him going to the focus the, group the focus group and then him talking about advertising and um like literally there are lines in that sequence that I have 
verbatim said to Nevis or whoever of why I didn't want to work in advertising anymore. So it just kind of really hit me hard. And then someone who's always wanted to work in the arts or, you know, in the film industry, whether it's being a film critic or, or originally wanting to make movies, which Eric, I think you were in the same boat too. And anyone who kind of starts um, loving film wants to be a director. And then they realize like, okay, maybe that's very, very hard to do. Um, but then never giving up. And like, um, I just think that's, that's really wonderful. And I, I like the relationships in the movie. Um, I, I thought Andrew Garfield fucking crushes it. Like, I think like I was shocked at how great he is in this. I've always liked him, but I just didn't expect uh, a role like this from him and, and for him to just absolutely knock it out of the park. And I think everyone's really good. Um, and I just, sorry, I'll shut up now, but I really, really liked it. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's a great mixtape musical. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's this combination of styles all really coalescing together in a way that works. You know, you even have a uh, hip hop track uh, yeah, with by Black Tariq, Thought. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I love that moment, especially the payoff of that with the Cats reference. I thought was actually oh, God, very funny. Oh, God, so good, yeah. Um, but then on top of all of that, you, you have this kind of you know you, you mentioned it with the turning 30 thing and and like i, I thought about bo, bo burnham's Burnham, inside yeah. as well but i also, thought about inside a lot as well but also um like there's this interesting sort of idea of not just turning 30 because i also watched the souvenir part two and there's this whole sort of interview where the the protagonist of that film talks about like oh i i, I hope to have more things to say when i turn 30 because i'm about to and and things like that so you think like okay well this is like this new sort of like midlife crisis for people as well and like the idea that you know jonathan larson at this time is also putting this additional pressure on himself to be the next stephen sodaheim or or sonheim or or be the next you know paul mccartney or mm -hmm. or you know john lennon and because of like okay they had yeah. these things that they accomplished before they were 30 so they set the bar then and it's like i'm supposed to now be the person who has the talent and I should be surpassing that, but I'm going to barely scrape by. And, you know, I have this sort of dystopian play that I've been putting eight years of my life into that. I still don't have two songs in the second and final act uh, put together, but I'm basically sort of running on this <laughs> high or running on fumes based on what Sondheim told me to do uh you know uh, almost a decade prior and and, and I, I like that scene as well because you mentioned satire you know you have sondheim sitting in on this workshop and and sort of kind of being the guy that listens and thinks and really is a good poker player where like you can't tell what he is actually sort of you know going to say and then before that you have the kind of yes man played by richard kind kind of saying right, oh it yeah. doesn't work doesn't work but it's as soon as as bradley sondheim says something sondheim, yeah. yeah it's like okay well i have to contradict myself i actually thought of them. that first yeah. yeah yeah well what i actually mean is i agree with that but like, but it wasn't but oh it, it actually is he's trying uh, to get sondheim to agree with him but then sondheim is the one that like you yeah know, actually knows what he's talking about yeah. and then like it's also kind of making that distinction it's like okay well like there are there are critics and then there are the artists that kind of have their own sort of way and that's why Sondheim is Sondheim and that's why everybody else is just kind of like Richard Kind's character sure yeah, um, yeah. And, and like just little moments like that I think really work but I but again I do really like the idea 
you know, even something like the 40 year old version, which we talked about last mm-hmm. year, Rada Blank's movie, where again, like you put this pressure on yourself to deliver something based on, you know, um, early praise or potential that you feel you've never lived up to. And like that struggle and also just being like, from the point of view of, of writing, I think like, you know, you mentioned, you, you know, being in marketing and sort of how it's kind of soul sucking and, and, and what have you, but like, even as a writer to come up with something that's both clever and insightful. And especially when you're on a deadline and you keep on procrastinating or you just, don't know what to put into you know that that final line or how to kind of start things off like i think that's also very relatable to people that you know are within the creative field that's not just you know uh, musical based or broadway i think that there's a lot to say there and and again just somebody struggling to get by on you know a, a, a waiter's salary there's there's a great line about like you know when do you when are you um you know, a, a musician or an artist, um, but also a, a waiter. And then when are you just a waiter with a hobby? Like, I think like the, like a line like that is kind of interesting as well, because like, it's like, when do you get to a point where you kind of have to pack it up and, and like, there's I mean, that I, conversation to have. It as is. Well. And I've had that conversation with myself, right. Of, of, you know, with this show and being, you know, a quote unquote, uh, film critic and things like that. Like I think at one time I was a advertiser with a hobby, right? And then yeah. like and and that's ultimately I didn't necessarily give up and I don't think I have yet. And I think we've had modest success here and you even more so. But like I, but it takes uh, time. I mean I've does, been doing this yeah. for 15 years now and it's like it, it's never been overnight. And like I'm still at a place where it's like there's still exponential growth. And like yeah. that's the thing that Jonathan is learning through this, you know, one moment in his life. And you don't where, need to have everything by 30 or you don't no, need to no. like yeah. and you need to you need to kind of branch out in terms of, you know, working on multiple things. Like I I I've never been one that believes in multitasking but at the same time you you can't just put all of your eggs in one basket and say like this is the thing that is going to save me or this is going to be the thing that you know propels me into stardom like that it that doesn't happen it just doesn't it's the same way as like putting everything on a relationship it's like this is the person that i'm going to be with you know forever Mm. and like you know i've put all this time and effort into it and sometimes it doesn't work out and you have to be ready to hear that rejection yeah and I think the movie is uh, does a really, really great job with that. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to go back and listen to the uh, soundtrack. Uh, I was 30, just, 90 specifically. Yeah, just the whole thing is just great. I think, again, there's not one song. Like even a couple of them, I go, oh, this started a little bit weird. Like by the end of it, I was like, no, this, this song's also a banger. And like I understood what he was going for. I love the um, the fight song essentially like the uh the therapy song between the couple like in the juxtaposition there of them you know actually arguing and then the song in the background like it's just playful and i think it's very creative in the way that it's you know giving you those messages or or kind of playing with the musical theater genre and stuff like that and you can see you know obviously his first musical didn't work out but then this was that thing where you could go oh no this guy had a very promising career ahead of him and uh you know obviously rent lives on to this day and as does this movie which i think this was maybe lesser known uh because it was such a i mean musical theater people probably knew about it but we're not that but um because it was just a 
you know, one man show and things like that. And rent obviously is his bigger um, thing. Well, um, even with Lin-Manuel Miranda, right. With, with um, you know, in the Heights, like yeah. in the Heights did well, but it wasn't Hamilton. And I'm sure maybe even Lin-Manuel Miranda felt like, ha- like in the Heights for him was going to be the thing that was going to catapult yeah. him into superstardom. But sometimes it's the third or fourth thing down yeah. the line where it's like you're, you, you see promise in the person, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing that they've presented to you is this fully formed, you mm-hmm. know, insular piece of work. It takes time to create the voice and build and totally. you have to be patient. And, you know, if you really want it, you'll, you'll eventually get there. And you, I can see why he was probably inspired by Jonathan Larson a lot. And that, you know, obviously why he wanted to direct this movie. And I think he does a good job. Like, I think, again, it's playful with the styles and the cinematography and, um, you know, switches up how the look of it for each different musical set piece and things like that. And um, I was kind of really impressed by it. And um, I think uh, I will be, I liked this because it was a little different than those things. And he was just purely directing it. Right. And you can, you can see the love that he had uh, and the inspiration he had by this guy where it wasn't necessarily written and directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like uh, I, I like that he takes a step back and goes, okay, I want to showcase someone else that really inspired me. So uh, yeah, he I, does have a cameo as a short order. Sure. Cook, which but, he had to, but, but, it's, but you know what? I was, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. such a small little thing. There's also a ghostbusters reference. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think as a filmmaker, I, I, I you know, like again, this shows a lot of promise. I don't know if it's necessarily a masterwork. It's a really, really talented guy. First effort. Yeah. First effort. And, and, and I think like maybe if he does a couple more of these movies, like whether it be, you know, Broadway adaptations or uh, biopics or something like that. And has, you know, the, 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 the vigor and the kinetic energy that is in this movie then it'll be really exciting to see what he does for film two or three. And maybe he'll have his version of rent. That is, you know, the, a film version of rent, not the film version of rent, like adaptation wise, sure. but like on that level of like, okay. Of success is, of like, yeah. yeah. Whether it's an original musical or him adapting something else. And maybe or, he doesn't yeah. just stick with musicals. I don't know. But like, cause Bob Fosse was um, another guy that didn't just stick with musicals. I mentioned Lenny being about a stand up comedian and, and like, I mean, obviously, Fosse went down this very dark path with star 80, but star 80 is far from anything he did previously. So, yeah. And that could be really interesting. And that's what I kind of hope he does. Cause like what I, I was scared about, which is I mentioned right off the top of the show to bring full circle is that he would just keep getting hired to do that. Just people going, okay, give us Hamilton, but it's a kid's movie <laughs> or right. give us, give us Hamilton. Like I could just see, studio people being like if he presented some music and they're like yeah but can you make it sound more like hamilton (laughs) and like that's what i worried that we would just get over and over and over again and this is is great that they're like someone's like no you want to make this movie it doesn't need to be hamilton uh it can be its own thing and then i hope that he's even able to do even more that's you know not necessarily just an adaptation or or whatever and i will take like 
again, if if Lin Manuel Miranda becomes the guy that's going to direct movie musicals for the next little while, uh, if this is successful, I'm almost okay with that because you know we had what Rob Marshall for 20 years, and and who else directed every musical uh, known to? Well, man, I mentioned Bob Fosse did yeah. a few of them as well. In in the, but I mean, he, uh, Rob Marshall to me is not a great filmmaker. No, that's um, what I mean. But he was the guy who was like, oh, we need to do a movie musical. Oh, no, totally. Like, I and, and I totally get that. But but. Yeah, to your point, like I think if if Lin Manuel Miranda continues down that road, I I I hope that he kind of is able to lock into the style of musical that is required and not just bring to your point the Hamilton, you know, canon that a lot like I I I see that focus group so clearly for him where like he goes into a room where like you know or a pitch meeting where you know he's talking to a Disney executive or somebody at another studio and they're like okay we've got this you know animated kids movie that we we need this song for can you write it and he'd probably be like yeah sure I mean you're paying me and blah 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 sure and like the notes are it's like more like Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I could see that being very, very frustrating and he's shown range too. And I don't want to just put him in a box where, um, you know, not every song in Hamilton sounds the same. And that's where it goes back to the inspiration by, uh, of Larson that I think is like, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda aspires to be able to write a, a lot of different music. That's not just that rap kind of spoken word, uh, thing that Hamilton was sort of known for. There's other genres of music in Hamilton even as well. Um, and I think that uh, I hope he is not put in that box because I got to that point where I'm like, I'm all Lin-Manuel miranda out, but I'm back on the LMMM train, baby. LMM? Did I have one extra M? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half. For, mm, mm, more like especially with that, Especially with that wavy hair. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, did you see everyone saying that um, Andrew Garfield looks like Kramer in this movie? Well, no, the thing, the person that I thought, like, I because Nevis I thinking, said it, and then I started to see it online, like on Twitter, people right. being like, I was thinking more of a racer head because, of, oh, yeah, yeah, like he could be young, a racer head, especially yeah. because he just worked with Jessica Chastain, who looks like the woman in the radiator. <laughs> So you could have a young Eraserhead musical with those yeah. two together. Love it. Somebody should Photoshop like him with the hair next to her. As Eric, Teddy you Bay. have a, you have a Photoshop subscription. Get on it. Um, um, yeah, that would be terrible. Uh, I'm giving it a my passion four and a half. I loved it. I thought I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, thank you all for watching or listening. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. We have many more reviews uh, that you guys can check out. Um, almost 300 of them. I think we might be at 300 soon. I got to check the numbers, but um, I'm trying to make check it. Check the so tapes. I want Resident <laughs> Evil to be our 300th episode. Uh, but we have many other reviews that you guys can Resident check out Evil, right House now. of Gucci. <laughs> yeah. House of Gucci, Resident Evil, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, we just recorded King Richard. King Richard. I always immediately forget what we just recorded. Um and uh, we'll have a review for Hawkeye out on Tuesday as well. So lots of stuff right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. You can find it on YouTube and podcast services. Um, we also have two other shows we would love for you guys to check out. Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, Eric and I talk about our trip to LA in our recent episodes. Go check that out. On Over on the conversation side, we have a Disney Plus Day discussion. We're also going to have a Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiler cast. should be up soon, but check out that feed 
um, one-stop shop for everything, just head over to Letterboxd, which is untitled underscore movies. Everything's over there. Uh, it's the easiest spot to find everything. Um, once again, thank you for listening. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can find me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Let's get Tyreek to play Old Deuteronomy.